Hey Tom, how's your week? Hey Neil, it's pretty good. How about you? Yeah, it's pretty crazy around here. Oh really? How come? <coughs> Whoa! Oh uh, yeah, don't, what is don't that? mind. That's those are just my monkeys. Oh, they sound a little disturbed. Or yeah, I think or they're a little hot uh, down here in Philadelphia. Isn't it like cold down there? I, it is, but they're used to much colder temperatures. They're they're from up north in the Arctic. Arctic monkeys. Who the fuck yeah. are Arctic monkeys? <laughs> Welcome to a serious series of most important series. I'm one of your hosts, Tom. And I'm the other one of your hosts, Neil. So, who the fuck are Arctic Monkeys, Neil? They are our topic of today, our discography of the Arctic Monkeys. So, I want. I, I guess we can start early. I just want, I had this thought, like, when did you first hear of this band? So, our listeners, they kind of popped up around the mid-2000s, their rock band. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm just kind of curious when you first heard of them and then, like... Um, For me, yeah. it was high school. I uh, started listening to them, I remember, summer between freshman year and sophomore year, uh, mm-hmm. right around the time the second album came out. And I remember okay. that because... I was listening to Favorite Worst Nightmare um, and trying to convince my friend to go see Fantastic Four, Rise of the Silver Surfer. Oh my gosh, I totally remember seeing that movie. In yeah, the it was terrible. Too. So I have these two linked in my mind. and That is awesome. <laughs> yeah, they, they, they kind of go together, you know? Yeah. I mean, the English um, teen band and crappy movie with Jessica Alba. Like, <laughs> and Michael Chiklis, I think. Was he was the thing. Server? <laughs> no, he was the thing. I think Lawrence Fishburne was Silver Surfer. What? Like the voice, obviously. Yeah, I don't know. I think Doug Jones was the actual right. Silver Surfer. He's he's all he's the creatures. Guy. Mm-hmm. Um, um, I remember they... the, f- the first time I ever heard of them. I remember I was like in the car, listening, um, the radio with like my parents. And it was like some music discovery thing, and like there was like this, they were talking about them. They're like, "Oh, are they like the new Beatles?" And I was like, "Oh, that sounds really cool." They then, do seem very similar to the Beatles. In they kind of started from, from, from looking far away, the northern, I I mean English um, band, right? Starting mm-hmm. off as like teenagers, mm-hmm. and then becoming really big. So yeah, um, very similar. Yeah. What's the story behind the name? I actually have no idea. I mean, it just sounds... I don't know. I remember when I was kind of like you in high school, listening to it, you would tell people, like, what's your favorite band? And I'd be like, oh, I really like Arctic Monkeys. And they would be... People would just be... Like, what? That's such a weird name. Like, Yeah. Maybe, like, some indie... I think, I think from reading um, in prep for this episode, they just picked a random name one time. Uh, and stuck with it because they they started going to shows. They think it's a bad name now, but it's their brand. So. Really, mm-hmm. they don't like it. Yeah, it's uh, an interview with Q Magazine. Huh. I think it kind of like fits who like what they used to be more than it does now. Oh, for sure. 
Because now it's like back then I don't know. They were like I don't know, like seventeen or something, and it was just like that's random. Like let's just choose some name. And now they kind of like almost, especially like Alex Turner, the lead singer, kind of takes himself seriously. But I can't tell if he really does. And so, I don't think he takes himself too seriously. Think so. like, he's not Jack White. He's he's not that. No, you're right. He's not a he's not a jerk about it. Yeah. Yeah. Or Julian Casablancas, honestly. Really, you think so? I think Julian kind of weird is guy. a jerk, yeah. He's probably always been a jerk. He made The Strokes record one of their albums completely separately because he just didn't want to be in a room with his bandmates. That's insane. Was it the last one or the fourth one? I think it was the fourth one. Wow, that's totally Honestly, I like Julian Casablancas a lot these days because uh, of the stuff the he's voids. doing with the voids. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely better than like Strokes music now. Oh, for sure. Uh, let's jump into the first Arctic Monkeys album. Cool. What's it called? The one that I can never remember what it's called, but I can like totally picture the uh, dude on the cover. Yeah, the dude on the cover with the cigarette. He <laughs> looks like Matthew Fox from Lost, but it's not. Yeah, and I think it's like one of their friends. He just looks like some English guy you'd see in a pub. <laughs> but the album's called Whatever People Say I Am, That's What I'm Not. Mm-hmm. And the Which... cover artwork is Chris McClure, a friend of the band. Yep. Um, this is a great album it is a great album um, it's such an angry album it's such a high school being a teenager album yeah it's also amazing like that these like 16 17 year old kids like did it it's like there's some like furious like drumming and like guitar playing on it and i think the lyrics are pretty good like i i always have thought alex turner is a pretty good lyricist like mm-hmm. Sometimes he goes a little overboard, but it's it's always interesting. And like he writes about interesting stuff, and he has like an interesting perspective on things. And, yeah. Um, I think what's, that. Uh, like, what's your favorite song from this album? From this album, there's a lot that I like. Um, I like perhaps "Vampires" is a bit strong, but. Uh, that's that's a really good song. That's I, I was listening to this entire album today uh, for the episode, mm-hmm. and. There are a lot of songs that, on previous playthroughs of the album, I would just skip because um, just they just didn't catch yeah. me at first. And perhaps Vampires is a bit strong, but is one of those songs. And today, yeah. I think, might have been the first time I listened to it all the way through. And I really, really liked it. Because it's one of those songs where you're, like, you're waiting for, like, at least for me, like that one thing. And it's, it's like, towards the end of the... I think it's right before the end of the song where it kind of, like, cuts off. And oh, then, like, yeah, he's... Yeah. And like it sounds like he's standing far away from the mic, and he's like, "Oh, you people are vampires!" And then they just go in for one last final like. Crazy. They do that again in this uh, in this album. They do that. All the music stops, and then like uh, in the other song, it's a guitar riff comes through. It's oh, a view from the I afternoon. You, they also do it. In, I bet you <laughs> on the dance floor. Maybe it's just their thing. I think it was. They're they're like it sounds really cool. <laughs> it's like a beginner film student. Yeah, just like, like these same tropes. A fade to black or something is just a way to end every single scene. Yeah. But it was it, it honestly wasn't too overdone in this album. Mm-hmm. It wasn't overwhelming or anything. And they have like a lot of them are pretty fast. Like I bet you look at them on the dance floor, which was obviously their big hit. Mm-hmm. It's fast and like great. Um, I the first song I heard of theirs actually was not a Bet You Look Good on the Dance Floor. It was When the Sun Goes Down. Oh really? That's also mm-hmm. a phenomenal song. Yeah, 
I also like that they that he references Roxanne by the police. I think it's the Knights Alicean. He does. I think um, is this the song where he references Romeo and Juliet also? Montagues uh, the, and Capulets. Mm, no, that's. I bet you look good on the dance floor. I think. Oh, okay. Montagues and Capulets. So he was. He must have started writing this in high school because no one would be <laughs> he's reading Shakespeare. Yeah, I know he's reading in like literature class. Yeah. I remember it came up in literature class when we were reading Romeo and Juliet. I was like, why do these names sound familiar? Right. And I was like, oh, Those of course, the Arctic Monkeys. Yeah. Um, how do you feel about, like, uh, like a, I think the song that's pretty different from the others is, like, Marty Bum? Marty Bum is uh, very different, very good. Marty Bum is sort of, um, what's, what's the opposite of a throwback? Like, something that anticipates where they go in the future. Yeah, it's like uh, it's like foreshadowing of their career. Yeah, that's the word. It's sort of foreshadowing uh, a lot of their slower stuff. Yeah. Um, but it's it's not even that slow. Not really. And I don't even know, what the heck does like Marty Bum mean? I'm not sure. I think a certain romance might actually be slower. Oh, maybe. That's also a great, that's a great song. They have like a, it, it picks up, but... There's a slow, like, <laughs> like our intro to it. It's really good. Yeah. I used so, to listen to this song, this album a lot, like, on runs, because it would really pump you up when you get to that, like, climax. Yeah, I can understand that. I didn't listen to this album too much, except for a few of the songs, until this year, because I, uh, oh, really? I got it on vinyl. Yeah. I got, I was, I joined this vinyl subscription service, because there Ooh, was... That's cool. It was the only way I could get the first Gorillaz album on vinyl at not exorbitant prices. Huh. They had this red LP reissue and the only way to do it was uh, subscribing to Vinyl Me Please. I like that idea. Yeah, it was cool. I but don't have a record player, but I would totally <laughs> do that if I... Their, their selection got really bad as the months went on, but I got oh, Gorillaz, Arctic Monkeys, and then I think a Beach House album and I canceled you it. Choose? Like, you can choose? You can choose between four different can... albums okay. yeah, each month. I it's will say, for like, I know like some people are really into records, like audiophiles, and then there's some people who are like, it's like it's all the same. And I, get, I used to think that, but, um, I think there's something about like, I think it's I think it's less about the sound and more about just like, taking it out, getting the thing in your hand and then putting it onto the, the record player, putting the needle down, and then just like sitting back and listening to a whole album. It's just like a great yeah, experience. And like, it's hard to find that time, and I don't I honestly know. do it that much. Yeah, I bought it in a time in my life where I had a lot more free time, <laughs> and I thought I would use it a lot more than I did. But I still use wow, it. Wow, that's great! So much time. Um, I looked it up on Urban <laughs> Dictionary. What Marty Bum is? That was the first result. <laughs> Trusty Urban Dictionary. Someone who complains a lot, moans about their life, etc. Usually mm-hmm. used in the north of England. Also right. an Arctic and Monkey so they're song. from Sheffield. And like, are they from Sheffield? Yeah. What's great about this, it, about them, is they. And I think this was like a, a an intention on their part to like sing in their like northern accent. Like it really comes off strong, and like some of the words are like just all like North England expressions you're like what the heck is even saying right there yeah you know what the only thing I know about Sheffield is huh is 
the current season of Doctor Who, oh. all the companions are from Sheffield. And the first oh, so uh, there's a few episodes time? that take place there, yeah. Interesting. There's three companions. There's three? Mm-hmm. Three companions and the first female Doctor. It's a pretty good season. It's oh, worth yeah. checking out. She was, um, that actress was, I was like, whoa, I feel like she's been in Doctor Who. And then I was like, no. Broadchurch. Exactly. Yeah. It was with David Tennant in Broadchurch. Which I never watched season two. Was it good? I never watched season two either. Uh, I, I thought season one phenomenal. ended pretty perfectly. I yeah. heard season two was not as good. But speaking of David Tennant, Alex Turner reminds me of David Tennant in how right. they look. I have a post on Reddit. <laughs> our Arctic Monkeys. Like, D-A-E. In other words, does anyone else? Mm. This guy. Actually, I think it was an R Doctor Who. Does anyone else <laughs> think this guy looked like the 10th Doctor? And it was a picture of Alex Turner. I got like, what pretty upvotes on it let's let's see how it does when we submit this to our arctic <laughs> monkeys tomorrow i know yeah it's a good idea um but back to whatever people say i am that's what i'm not mm-hmm. best songs on there um view from the afternoon bet you look good on the dance floor um marty I like, bum i like fake Bill san francisco yeah i was gonna ask you about that how are, are there a lot of um you know true stories in san francisco now that you've moved there I think, I think there's a lot of, I think there's more fake tales here than there would be. I think there's so much bullshit here, way more than like those wankers over in the bar in Sheffield. Whoa, Sheffield. whoa! This is a family show. We can't say <laughs> like. We're allowed to say that in America. Um, from the Ridge to the Rubble is amazing. I can never remember what that one is. Oh, like. I could, I could sing it, but I mean. You're going to have to suffer my terrible British accent. Let's hear it. Let's hear it. Last night, these two ounces of one oh, yeah. for... Yeah. <laughs> you know what? He's you know, got no time I'm... for you. Is that about the cue you make a song? Yeah, yeah you. that's the one. Yeah. <laughs> um, that was in 2006. The Northern, right? More than 10 years ago. Wow. Um, You know what? I... Here's an example I was trying to think of, of like the northern accent. Mm-hmm. I would listen to these songs, and they, I was like, why do they always say summit? And like, that's a northern way of saying something. Oh, really? Yeah. So, between their uh, two, their first two albums, between this and Fluorescent mm-hmm. Adolescent, there were a lot mm-hmm. of EPs. There were a lot. I think they were. And a lot of the EPs sound like the first album way more than the mm-hmm. one. Yeah, well, I mean, the first EP is called Five Minutes with the Arctic Monkeys, and the two songs on that are just songs from the album. That's Fake Tales of San Francisco. I say, I don't think I Actually, that's that probably album. not even an EP. That's just a single they released. A single, yeah. yeah. So then, I Bet You Look Good on the Dance Floor is, I think, an EP, because there's three songs on that. Yeah, there's some, there's some like, solid B-sides on some of those. Bigger Boys and Stolen Sweethearts is great. That's not on great the album, song. is it? It's no, it's not. It's I think it's a B side of a single. Um, of I bet you look good on the dance floor. Yeah. What uh, and this was one of the songs that you added to our for for the listeners before we I do did, these music yeah. episodes. We have a joint playlist that we put some of the more obscure songs of an artist, mm-hmm. and we all and we both listen to that so we can discuss it. One of the ones you put on there was Chun Li Flying Bird Kick. <laughs> Which I'm not a particular fan of, but it's like, I saw it and I'm like, I gotta put it on. 
And it's it's an instrumental song, isn't it? Yeah. Is it because it, you're a big fan of Nicki Minaj? No, I think it was because we had talked about Chun Li. Yes, I said it. I was like, I have to do that. When we were talking about Jackie Chan, that's all. Yeah, it's a it's a solid um, it's a solid instrumental song. It's upbeat. Yeah. It's funky. I wouldn't say it's a good Arctic Monkeys song though. No, the, and honestly, even the song "Who the Fuck Are Arctic Monkeys," which is like the title, like the name of the EP, I'm not a huge fan. I remember mm-hmm. really trying to like it, but yeah, um, okay. that's that's a mediocre song. Um, a decent EP though. I like <laughs> "Despair" and the "Departure Lounge" a lot. Did you listen to that? I no. Um, and I think. No buses and I really like that song too. Yeah, and the top, uh, like the first song on that album is "Leave You From the Afternoon." Yeah, another good one is "Leave Before the Lights Come On." Oh yeah, we skipped it. We skipped an EP though. We skipped "When the Sun Goes Down." Right. But I think we skipped it because there's not really a lot to say about it. "When the Sun Goes Down" is on that. Um, Three other songs: "Settle for a Draw," "Sticking to the Floor," and Seven. And I don't think any of those. Wow, making up a lot of. Oh, that's like an entire. They have an entire album's worth of material in between their first and second albums. I think. Yeah. You know, I one thing that I can say about these guys, they still like. I mean, I don't know. They still do like a lot of singles with B sides because I feel like not that many bands do that anymore. It's like I, here's I the think album. They do. I, I, I remember single. it from at least up until, um, their like I'm looking at until AM. I remember they kept doing it. I don't think they did it for this current mm-hmm. album, Tranquility Base Hotel and Casino, yet. That's quite a mouthful. <laughs> we'll get to that, don't worry. <clears throat> um, but yeah, Leave Before Lights Come On is, is one, I think, one of my favorite songs in general. Not just one of it's my really favorite good. Monkey songs. Yeah, really good. I think it de-romanticized the idea of one-night stands. Yeah. As like a teenager. Right. It made them seem really depressing. Yeah, but that's like, I had a wise friend who said, I'm, dude, I'm not into one night stand. Yeah. Unless like, unless there's one night stand I can do and then, hell yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to jump on that right, right away. <laughs> Is this friend you? <laughs> no. Uh, maybe. <clears throat> um, Baby, I'm yours from that EP is also really good. I think good. it's solid, yeah. That sounds a bit like, um... I think that sounds a bit like the bass line from one of their songs on the first album. But okay. I can't remember at this moment. It's kind of like, almost like, I, I don't really do wop, right? But it's kind of like, <laughs> right? But you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's kind of like a mean. club song, like you'd hear in like 60s or something. Yeah. And that brings us to album number two. What are your thoughts on fluorescent adolescence, Tom? You mean the favorite word, nightmare? Oh, yeah. <laughs> what are um, you in favorite? I think I call it fluorescent adolescent as I a know, Freudian right? slip because that's the yeah. best song on the album by far. So I was going to say, I, I think it's my favorite, but I like, maybe it just has my favorite, some of my favorite songs. Maybe what the first you? one is my favorite. Oh, Brian Storm, so, yeah. Brian and Storm is amazing. It, it's it's such it's an angry so, song. It's so fast. I know, right? It's amazing. It's, it's like, oh, God, it's so great. Um, this is one of those albums that it's hard to pick a favorite song 
Um, I say that having already declared that my favorite is Florissant Adolescent, but yeah, they're all really, really good. Um, Teddy Picker, even. This house yeah, is a circus. Picker. If you were there, beware. I, think I really those are if you were some, there, beware. beware. I, I think that. those are like probably the three worst on there, but I think really, even, I think even those are still really good. If you you know if you were there, beware. Samples like the song from uh, the Good, the Bad, and the Ugly at the beginning. Oh really? Yeah, kind of funny. No, I think I think fluorescent adolescent in my mind is, and I know this is not true, is like the biggest song. It's like their biggest song. I think I know it's not true. It might be. Like they have they've had way bigger songs since then, like with AM. Oh yeah. But um, that's just like the, I don't know. I that song is like freaking fantastic and also has a really funny music video have you ever seen it i, I probably have remind me what's the music i video? think it's also wait let me look at this because yeah it's also it's so it's directed by richard ayoade <laughs> who is um for those of you it crowd fans of the audience he is one of the stars of the it crowd and i don't think he's done much else no he directed a movie we'll get to a little bit later, but other than that. Yeah, it's a really... So basically the music video is just Alex Turner in a white room, and he's wearing a red sweater, and like lip-syncing to the songs and being like melodramatic and uh, in, <laughs> in, in lip-syncing to it. That's it. That's the whole thing. But it's like really funny. That's like, that's great. I love Alex Turner. He seems like he has a great sense of humor. Yeah, that for sure. This is the album that taught me what a balaclava was. <laughs> yeah, balaclava. I don't. I, I feel like all these songs, like I'm like I don't remember how it goes, and then it. Oh, you'll remember. They're they're there in in the foundation of your musical taste. Oh, for sure. Old Yellow Bricks is such a banger. I I dislike that song. I really, really hate that song. Yeah. It's okay to be wrong. Yeah, but thanks. Um, um, do me a favor. I really like. Yeah. The bad yeah. thing I'm not a fan of. Is, is that one of the ones that I listed as probably among the three worst? Maybe it's the one. Do the bad thing. Take off your wedding ring. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of. Nice. It's it's in complete opposition to the message from Leave Before the Lights Come On. I think. Yeah. The, I the song "Fluorescent Adolescent" has some weirdly deep themes. You think so? Like yeah, what? it's about getting old, right? Mm-hmm. The the main the chorus is used to get it in your fishnets. Now you only get it in your nightdress. Oh, I never thought put that together. I never understood what that meant. I assumed it was about getting old. It might not be, but I mean that's the meaning I'm taking away from it. And I think, <laughs> I think, and as a general commentary about art, give me one sec to be pretentious using <laughs> my art history major. It's anything that's any any meaning that people take away from any piece of art is a valid message from that piece. Right. What do you think? I think so. I mean like unless you're unless you're like way off base and you're like a psycho <laughs> and you're like I think this means it like yeah, I think like, this supports the Nazi probably. Okay, fine. <laughs> the... Yes. Yes. Within limits. Like also the dude who read yeah. Catcher in the Rye was like, "Yeah, I should kill John Lennon." Yeah, no. Fine. Don't oh, don't God. do that. No, but I agree, and like I think you're right about that. I always got from that 
song kind of like a bittersweet feeling where like you're like this is great but also a little bit sad at the yeah. same time absolutely um yeah i thought i think it's a pretty solid uh follow-up i i see do you think it's better than i bet you look good on the dance floor i'm sorry i keep saying <laughs> i keep saying the names of the best yeah i know what you're talking about whatever people album. think i am yeah See, in my mind, I always thought it was better, but now that I like look through the track, I'm gonna say I like the first album better. I think so too. Maybe, maybe I initially liked this one because it was my main one that got me into them. Yeah. But with hindsight and not being a teenager anymore, I think the first album is better. I'm looking at this, and I didn't realize. Uh, the first one was the biggest selling debut album in British history. Yeah, they were huge. Holy crap. You know who, um, what is, a? I, I, I will not say underrated, but like, key part of this band? Who? The drummer. Who is a freaking champ. Who is the drummer? Matt Helders. So, first of all, he's a fantastic drummer. And secondly... I didn't realize this until I saw them live. Whenever you hear the backing vocals, mm-hmm. and it's oh, like some him. guy with a high-pitched voice kind of yelling, it's him. And it's so cool to see him live, like, going, like, yeah, going insane, like a whirling dervish on the drums. And then, like, also, like, singing into <laughs> it at the same time. It's so cool. And they, I, I've only seen them live once. I think you saw them twice I saw, on the same tour, I saw right? them with you. Yeah. I remember. I I bring that up because I was over at my house this weekend, mm. and I Damn. looked into my closet. Oh man! And I found that is such a great this white shirt with Arctic Monkeys for all the listeners. It. Yeah, we got we both got t-shirts for the concert. I think I got a different one than you. I think so. I I got one. You have their name. I got one actually of the drummer. It's a picture of him. <laughs> on roller skates with like a, a motorcycle helmet on that's a good i remember shirt. um it got thrown away because it was it was in pretty bad shape <laughs> it might have had some pit, uh stains on it and someone at my when i was working i had changed out of it and put thrown it somewhere and someone thought it was an old t-shirt and threw it away it's okay someone someone is really enjoying that shirt right now i'm sure some hobo with dump in dc it's possible. Um, what about uh, anything left to say about that album, or do you want to move no. to the EPs? No, let's move on. All right. So the EPs um, started with Brian Storm in 2007. Um, two other songs on that: "Temptation Greets You Like Your Naughty Friend" and "What If You Were Right the First Time." I haven't listened to either of those. Have you? No, I haven't either. But I like the name. I like the name of the first one. Next is Deframe 2R slash Matador. I guess that's a single, not a EP. Uh, then Fluorescent Adolescent with four songs. The other three are Bakery, Plastic Tramp, and Too Much to Ask. Never heard of it. I guess I did not listen to the EPs between no, albums two and three. No, and, and they're all they're all singles too. I think. Does it? Can a single have four songs on it? I thought a single was an A side and a B side. I guess at least according to Wikipedia. <laughs> Alright, uh, and then I guess another single, not an EP, Teddy Picker, with Bad Woman, The Death Ramps, and Nettles. The Death Ramps, oh. is that where that name comes from? Not Death Grips? 
No, there's a song. Um, that's that's Death Ramps is one of the aliases of the Arctic Monkeys. Oh, interesting. There's a song with Miles Kane uh, that mm. has featuring Death Ramps. So in my, I know, I've always known that this is just a figment of my imagination, but in my mind, Miles Kane was like this, like this like alter ego it it is a completely different person (laughs) I know that but I thought it was like an alter ego created by Alex Turner I didn't actually think that but I always processed it that way it's the song that I'm thinking of is Little Illusion Machine with Miles it's by Miles Kane and the Death Ramps so it's Arctic Monkeys Death Ramps or Ramps Death Ramps it's the B-side to the Hellcat Spangled Shalala oh I love that song Mm mm-hmm yeah. Um, well, so, anything else on these uh, singles? No, but then we moved from LP2 to LP3, and that was a yep. big one. Yeah, what are your impressions? So I remember distinctly when it came out, and it was incredibly slow. Humbug yeah. we're talking about now, coming out really in 2009, LP3. Really slow, really different vibe from the first two albums. Yeah. Um, I liked it. I didn't like it as much as the first two. Yeah. And then this weird phenomenon happened where I think like a year later I was Mm -hmm. listening to it and I was like, oh my God, I love this album. Mm -hmm. It it grew on me. It was like a a tapeworm inside my soul. (laughs) It got, it's it's a really, really good album. It's one of my favorites of theirs now. Yeah, I totally agree. I, I remember when it came out, I was so excited. And, like, I was kind of thrown for a loop like you because it was so different. And I actually hated it. And I was like, F this band. I'm done with them. Like, they just, like, came out with crappy music. Yeah. And then I came back to it, like, a lot, like, a couple years later. And then I was like, whoa, I was so wrong. This is, this is great. And, like, I think it's, like, pretty consistent too like whereas the second album like we were both thinking like this is a great album and then we looked through and it's like okay well it had like some really great songs but like a lot of them not your biggest your favorites i think this one is way more consistent than the second one don't you think so i agree i think to a degree um i mean any album is gonna have a few songs that are just kind of there um for me the ones on this album that are just sort of there are Dangerous Animals, mm-hmm. pretty actually not Pretty Visitors, um, The Jeweler's Hands. Yeah, I don't not a fan. Uh, and maybe Dance Little Liar. Yeah, but everything okay, so else I love. You're gonna say Pretty Visitors? That became my favorite. That's a great song. I think that's this. uh that's what oh, they opened God. the show that I saw them at with you. Oh right, which is a crazy way to open it it's a very it's, fitting it's, it's so very great. slow but it's a thematically very appropriate way to open a show part of it's slow but then the other part is so fast and you can barely understand what he's singing because he's saying it's so freaking fast yeah oh my um, god crying lightning is my favorite song by far that, no that's a that is a great song that's a great song cornerstone uh it's so slow but really mm-hmm. good pretty good this entire album, I think, is um, what we, what was being foreshadowed by uh, Marty Bum and Certain yeah. Romance. This is the culmination of that. 
it, it also felt like way darker, don't you think? Like, mm-hmm. just like the music, music itself sounded darker. I wonder if there's a story to that. So this was the first one that was um, produced by Josh Homie from uh, the Stone Age. Oh, really? Yeah. And I think he uh, did a few of theirs, actually. So Yeah, so they, um, they recorded this in the U.S. And so Josh Homie is kind of like from the desert east of L.A. Mm-hmm. And um, he has a recording studio out there. And they recorded it all out there in the Mojave Desert out near Joshua Tree. Um, yeah. Hmm. The Looking at Wikipedia, um, between LP2 and LP3, there's a live album and uh, video of the final concert of their 2007 world tour. Uh-huh. It's called At the Apollo. Okay. And uh, guess who directed it? Should I Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty cool. Yeah. So I guess they're buddies. Prolific guy. At least as far as our monkeys go. Um, yeah. <clears throat> so I guess it was just Josh Holm. Maybe he was just depressed at the time also. It did, so I, this album did really well critically, but I think it just alienated some of the early fans. It did. And they I mean, came, it alienated me for sure, yeah. but like, I came back to it. They're one of those bands that keeps not necessarily reinventing themselves, but they don't fall into a rut. Which I totally respect. They're like, yeah. let's just do it in a totally different like style this time. It keeps like, it let's fresh. Let's see if we can, let's see, we did that, let's see if we can do it this way. It keeps it fresh, but the downside of that is, you know, what if it sucks? Yeah, well, then try something new. Um, Anything else to say about Humbug? Uh, No, nothing else. I mean, like, yeah, I think think to sum it up, like, overlooked by a lot of fans, and then, like, they came back to it and, like, loved it. Yeah. I agree. Um, going to the EPs, or I guess just the singles between the albums. Um, Crying Lightning, I actually completely forgot about it until just now looking at this. Mm. Um, the single, one of the tracks on it is Red Right Hand. Yeah, I remember that. I forgot that the Arctic Monkeys did a cover of that. It's a cover? Yeah, it's by Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds. Oh, I never really listened to Nick Cave. I only like Red Right Hand of their song because, <laughs> um, of their songs, I mean, because... You know the movie Hellboy? Yeah. So the that character makes sense. the character Hellboy. His left has hand like is a, also red. Yeah, but he has like a super fist from the devil yeah. on the right hand. And that's sort of like one of the unofficial themes of the movie. They play it in the movie? Yeah, they do. And okay. um it's also the theme song to Peaky Blinders on Netflix. Ah. But the Arctic Monkeys version is pretty good, but the Nick Cave version is un- untouchable. Okay. Um I Haven't Got My Strange is the other song. On Crying Lightning. Is that on the album? No. That's another fantastic song. No, no, it's just a great song. (laughs) It's another one. It's a fast, it's a faster paced song. No, they do not. (laughs) It's just a faster paced song, which I think I was craving after listening to Humbug. Yeah. Um, Then they did Cornerstone, Sketchhead, I've listened to. I liked that a lot. 
Um, I've not heard that. And I haven't listened to Catapult or Frightlined Dining Room. I have listened to Catapult. It was yeah. pretty solid. What about it made it solid? Um, I think I think it's fast. I think I never listened to it now, but when it came out, I was like, "Humbug is so slow. I'm not into it." And then Catapult was really fast, so I liked it. That's fair. And now it's reversed. So then the last one between LP3 and LP4 was My Propeller, uh, mm -hmm. with three songs on it that I've never listened to. My Propeller. Joining the Dots, The Afternoon's Hat, and Don't Forget Whose Legs You're On. I feel like I've heard of that. I, I think I've heard that last song. Yeah. But I did yeah. I can't edit anything to that conversation. So between Humbug and uh, Suck It and See. <laughs> a lot happened. A lot happened of, of, from their perspective? I think so. I think there's a lot to touch on. Well, I think those, those few... Uh, singles were the only thing that I uh, could see between them. Oh, but I mean, like as like outside of purely Arctic Monkey. Unless you want to talk about that later. No, no. Let's talk about it now. What happened? <laughs> okay, so, so I know one of these things. This is Alex Turner specifically. Oh, yeah. Um, so he did the music. He wrote all the music for a movie called Submarine. But guess who directed this movie? You'll never guess. Is it? Steven Spielberg. Close. Is it Lars von Trier? Yes. I, I knew it. <laughs> uh, actually, just kidding. It was Richard Ayoade. Surprise, surprise. Oh my god. Yep. Your favorite guy from the IT crowd again, who's not Chris O'Dowd or the goth guy. Oh, you don't speak the goth guy. Um, what's his name? Jefferson. <laughs> no, no. What's the actor's name? I have no idea. And it's Jefferson, right? I think so. Um, but actually, my favorite character is the boss. The second boss. Yes. Honestly, everyone on that show, except for Jen, is fantastic. Yeah, she's like not that funny. Yeah. Um, the guy who... And it's Richmond, not Jefferson. Oh, you're right. Richmond. The guy who played Richmond, um, Noel Fielding, he's now one of the presenters of the great british bake-off are you serious yeah that's that is great he is but is he, he he's still like like he's in the cure he kind of does look like he's in the cure except he wears all these funky shirts um i don't know were you maybe you noticed this last year the trend was button-down shirts with small patterns on them oh yeah yeah it was fantastic. I got a bunch um, I mean, of those. Yeah. I think that's been a trend for a while. Like but, short sleeve. Yeah. Noel Fielding took it to a new level on Great British Bake Off, which <sighs> if you have not watched it, I recommend I you watch. I know. Uh, believe me, I know. <laughs> I know. Everyone loves that show. And I, the life of me, can't figure out why. So I got to, I got to figure it. Like, it's just on another level. Where yeah. you can't even understand how good this show is. Um... Anyway, this movie, um, Submarine, that was directed by Richard Iwade, and Alex Turner did the music for it. And so it's it's a pretty good movie. I remember when it came out back in 2010. Um, I didn't see it in theater, but I, I think I saw it on Netflix probably a year after it came out. 
It's kind of like a, you know, it's a solid, like, coming-of-age story, but in England, so you kind of see how they come of age across the pond. Um, I've only watched half of it. Um, yeah. I'm not sure if I'm going to watch the other half. That's not that's not to say that it's not a good movie, um, but it is very slow, and I'm past the point slow. in my life yeah. where I care about the trials and tribulations of a of an adolescent <laughs> of like a English boy. Kid. <laughs> yeah. But it remind it, it it in my head this is what Alex Turner's life was. Well, he kind of like looks like him, I think. But I think it's all all English guys kind of look like. Maybe. But uh there's some solid songs on this that he wrote. They're all definitely slower. It's kind of it's kind of him and his guitar. I think they're, you know, they're kind of unplugged sort of. Is this his only solo um, work, Alex Turner? I, I think it is, which surprised me. Um, yeah, it's a six-song soundtrack, submarine original songs from the film. Um, and actually, one of the songs, "Pile Driver Waltz," oh, yeah. ended up being on the next album. But I think that this is like a slower, slowed-down version of it. And then they're like, "Let's," I don't know why, but they're like, "Let's reuse this and then like do it again." But actually, yeah, it makes sense. But "Stuck on the Puzzle" is the uh, is the song that I like the most from this. Oh yeah, that's a great song. Yeah, I think that's the one that plays right at the beginning of the movie. Um, okay. So, yeah, I watched half of it today. It was pretty uh-huh. funny. Yep. Um, I I think the reason why it's called Submarine... Do you know why it's called Submarine? No. So, I got to the scene in the movie. I don't, I don't think this is a movie that necessarily will be ruined by any spoilers, but this is a very minor spoiler, I think. Um, he is trying to have sex with this girl, so he yep. writes her a letter... And I'm going to read you that letter. <clears throat> Just have a sip of water. Hmm, that water looks a little dark. Dear Jordana, this is from the character Oliver's perspective. Dear Jordana, thank you for letting me explore your perfect body. I could drink your blood. You are the only person that I would allow to be shrunken down to a microscopic size and swim inside of me in a tiny submersible machine. We have lost our virginity, but it wasn't like losing anything. You are too good for me. You are too good for anyone. Sincerely, Oliver. Wow. Man, modern-day Bill Shakespeare right there. (laughs) So I think that, to me so far, that is um, a pretty good encapsulation of the spirit of the movie. What do you think? Yeah. Oh, totally. I mean, it was... I know it was kind of like how a lot of movies were at that point, kind of like funny in an understated yeah. way, writing funny letters and stuff like that. He reminds me, the character Oliver reminds me of a male version of a manic pixie dream girl. Of a what? Manic pixie dream girl. I don't know what that is. You know how um, it's it's this phrase. Uh, I think the girl in Five Hundred Days of Summer might have been one of the first times it was applied. Oh God. What's her name? Additional. Yeah. Just this sort of like her not her not a real character or like I think it's a trope to that is applied to characters. Um oh, you know, just God. sort of quirky characters. They're not necessarily real fully fledged characters on their own, but they exist sort of only for the other characters in the movie. Yeah. So that's what you think this guy, a manic dream boy? Yeah, maybe. Maybe the second half of the movie, if I ever watch it, will prove me wrong. I think it will. I think you really have to sit down and watch it. 
god. Okay, um, so the music, the music, music is, is for a reason pretty to watch solid. The movie. Yeah. Or just listen to the soundtrack on Spotify. <sighs> yeah. Um, and um, that's it. Besides between that, LP three and LP four, right? Yeah. All right. So then the so, fourth album. Suck it and see. Um, came out in 2011. I had a very different experience from Humbug. Pretty much the opposite. I loved it a lot. And I still like it and respect it, mm-hmm. but I never I like never listen to it anymore. Really? I think there's some really good songs on it. I, it, it, I it like was it. really different from Humbug. You think it was really different from, from Humbug? Yeah. To me, Humbug and Suck It and See are sort of like Paired a together. duology. I can see that if you pair the two together, first two, the second two. Mm-hmm. I think that works. Um, I just kind of think it's. I think of like Humbug as like edgier and rougher and darker, and this one is more like dreamier and like softer, like sound of the guitar and stuff like that. Yeah, maybe. I think. To me, this seems sadder than Humbug, though. Maybe. I don't know why. Um, All the songs... uh, uh, On Humbug, there were some songs that... You know how I was saying, like, the first two albums, there were songs that I would call angry and, like, you know, the spirit of rock and roll type of thing. I think there Mm -hmm. were still a couple of those on Humbug. Um and I don't, right. I don't think necessarily there are any of those on Suckin' and See. Yeah, not so much. There's um, no fast song. No. She's Thunderstorms is a very slow, very good song. I really like that. Very somber, though. The yeah. lyrics. Oh, yeah. Black Treacle, same thing. Oh, no, Pretty sorry. Good. Brick by Brick proves me completely wrong. Brick by Brick is yeah, a fast song. Yeah. but it's sort I don't of really like that song, though. Yeah. Yeah. Hellcat Spangled, Shalala, Slow. Good song. Um, don't sit down because I moved your chair. <laughs> what a what a song title. I know. And there's not much more. Really long. Than... Yeah, they're really. It's not. I think like the first few that you named are kind of like the best um, from the album. I think Suck It and See is also a good one. Mm-hmm. That's where you're wrong. And Love is a Laser Yeah, that's quest. also a good one. That's yeah. Where You're Wrong might be my uh, favorite song on the album. I think so, too. That's a great one. I remember a funny thing about this album when it came out. Is that um, in America, when they came out with the album, there was kind of a controversy because they had to blur out the... Like, so, okay, so let me visualize this. The album cover is just a pan background and then the very plain word suck it and see really small in the mm-hmm. middle. And they had to blur it out because they're like, this is ow. But um What? Yeah, this happened. But actually, suck it and see is like a idiom in England that's kinda like, well see for yourself, like try it out. Um and I think it okay, I might be totally like blowing smoke here, but like I think it comes from, like, if you're in a candy shop, like, what does this taste like? Suck it and see. And you're like, oh, wow, it's cherry. Um, so you're, it's just like not, a You're saying. not wrong. It's um, the English idiom suck it and see means that something must be tried first, appearing, for yeah. example, in 2010 Economist headline, 
as Suck 'em and See in the advertising <laughs> slogan of Fisherman's Friend Lozenges. <laughs> so pretty much what you were saying. It was um Okay, so actually it was covered by a sticker in like probably in like Target or like Walmart or something. Um which is totally weird. <laughs> it's, it's hilarious. Yeah. Um I thought that was kind of a funny like note on this. That, that reminds me of the, uh, I don't know, just, you know a lot about music history, I assume, because you took that rock and roll history class, right? Yeah. You, yeah. um, all the stuff with the parental advisory stuff and oh, the yeah. door. <laughs> yeah. That was messed up. That was messed up, man. Just trying to, like, censor realness, you know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Um, that was stupid. And those still exist today? But no one cares anymore. Yeah, growing up with it, it didn't make a difference. I didn't have to, like, in my mind, at least tie to the Eminem CDs <laughs> without getting burned. I don't know if I actually needed to or not. Probably from my mom, but I don't think my dad would have cared. Do you want to run through the singles between LP4 and LP5? Yeah. I, don't, I can't say that I have listened to it. Um... I've only listened to, as we were talking about earlier, the B-side of Hellcat, Spangled, Shallow Lies, Little Illusion Machine. Right. Whirl Riddler by Miles Kane and the Death uh, I remember when this came out. I remember the Whirl Riddler part. Mm-hmm. Um, the other one is Don't Sit Down Because I Moved Your Chair, which has two songs that I haven't heard. Suck It and See, which has Evil Twin on the back. Have you heard that? Ah, I remember that song, too. I remember it vaguely. Fast. What's it right. about? Is it about like an Evil Twin? Fast. Uh, no, I don't think about that. And then Black Treacle. Black Treacle. Such an interesting name of a song. And a great single cover, too. What's the single cover? Uh, it's some can of Black Treacle. I don't know what it is. <laughs> it must be something. Oh, uh, It's it's molasses. Oh. Type of molasses. Man, I was making ginger snaps the other day. And I didn't have any molasses. Yeah. Is this a real story? Yeah. I was You're making, making ginger, snaps. ginger snaps the other day. Yeah. You have wow. you, you take your candied ginger, you chop that up, um, and you, th- you throw it in with some other stuff. And you're like, I just ran out of molasses. I just didn't have any molasses. <laughs> uh, my roommate bakes a lot, um, and I thought it would be in the baking cabinet because I made ginger snaps before, and um, Sonica thinks there were molasses, but there mm. were no, no molasses this time. So we mm. used double brown sugar. Hmm, that's pretty creative. I I would have just given up. Well, we had already started mixing everything together at that point, and the recipe said, you know, if you don't have molasses, you can just add another cup of brown sugar. Okay, and it came out okay. Came out okay. Thank I still have I still have two or three left right here, but uh, oh. they're about two weeks old at this point. I don't think I'm going to eat them. Ooh, you should eat it. Yeah, you want me to eat it? It's a snap, right? It's supposed to snap a little bit. I think now it would just snap because it's stale. Exactly. <laughs> um, okay, LP five. Okay, this is where they blew up. I think like, which is crazy. Like for a band who's already pretty big. To then like blow up on their fifth album 
Yeah, you think this is... blew me away. I was like, oh, Arctic Monkeys have been on my radar for, like, four or five years. And in my mind, they are a big band. And they're one of those bands that, of course, you know, there's a lot of bands that are big in your head that you would never expect to hear on the radio, right? Yeah. Oh, they, they were that for you? Yeah, and then, like, this came out, and I'm like, I turn on the radio, like, the Brock station, and like, oh, Arctic Monkeys, damn. I think, yeah, I think this is their most mainstream album to date. <sighs> Holy. But that's not a that's not a criticism. I think it's a good no, album. No, I think it's a pretty solid album. It's probably my number two album of theirs. Whoa. We'll rank them at the end, but... Um, okay. Do I Want to Know is a great song. Are You it Mine is, great. is a great song. Are You Mine? Let me say something about Are You Mine. I think the single version is better than the album version. Oh, are they different? I had no idea. Yeah, they're a little bit different. Single is more raw, I would say. Less produced. I'll give that a shot. That's my opinion. My it always is really interesting to me how the pre, uh, when a pre-release single is different from a song of the yeah, same right? name on the album. Well, that's just a different recording, right? Yeah, but so, I mean, the example that comes to mind for this is Franz Ferdinand, mm -hmm. Lucid Dreams. Oh, isn't there like a more electronic version or something? Yeah, so the single that came out um, before the album was released was like a three-minute um, typical song. It was really good. And then the version on the album is this seven to eight-minute sprawling thing that sort of... Which I always skip once we get to that part. I actually love that part. Uh, um, but it I need gets, to give it another chance. It, it just gets really trippy somewhere in the middle there and yeah. goes off onto this long musical tangent. It's really good in a different way, but it's not what I was expecting when I was listening to the album for the first time. Dude, that's my favorite album by them. By Is that tonight? Yeah. That's a good album. I love that album. I well, freaking love it. I guess we know another series <laughs> we can tackle in the future. Yeah. Um, One for the Road is also a good song on this, going back to Arctic Monkeys. Mm -hmm. One for that's probably on my lower uh, half Whoa. of the songs. Arabella is on my Pretty upper solid. half. Yeah. Okay, now we're in like a, a four-song <laughs> stretch where I just don't think I like them. I want it all. Number one party anthem, Mad Sounds, and Fireside. Do you like any I of like, those? I like Fireside. Yeah. I guess I gotta um, give that another shot. Yeah, I think it's pretty solid. What What now, about it makes you think it's solid? Um, the thing that always stood out to me is like the percussion. So next time you Man, listen, you, must, to you it, really love this drummer. I gotta listen. I gotta pay more attention dude, to the He's good, dude. He's like solid. I mean, just think about those early songs, how goddamn fast they were going, and like, I mean, there's it's not all speed, right? It's not like metal or something, mm -hmm. but but he can you you can do it all, man. He's fast. He's got some solid rhythm. Yeah. Yeah. Cool dude. Um, and then the last four songs on the album, "Why'd You Only Call Me When You're High." That was a big song, right? That mm -hmm. was like a single on the radio. Yeah. I think that, Do I Want to Know and Are You Mine, were the three biggest songs from this album. Yeah, totally. Snap Out of It, Knee Socks, and I Want to Be Yours. I The only one I can remember is Snap Out of It, and I think it's solid. The only one I can remember is Knee Socks. How does Knee Socks go? Your knee Socks. That's all I remember. <laughs> that sounds good. Yeah. Just be ready for my single to release, you know, my cover of Knee Socks. Knee Socks. 
and I honestly completely don't remember I Want to Be Yours at all. I don't even know what no, it sounds neither. like. This one was also produced by Josh Homie, and this is, I think, I might be wrong, but this is, like, where they moved to L.A. Like, I think they now live in L.A. pretty much full-time. That makes sense. They're, they're this is kind of like when they became... This, this was more... It felt like they had made a... This was, to me, was, like, the biggest shift. I mean, Humbug was a big shift. But, in a way, I felt like this was bigger, where it was more... I mean, they were on the radio now, like, right? Like, yeah. it was more catchy songs, and this is they were more Hollywood. But is it Josh Homie or Josh Home? It's Homie. Damn. It took me it took me a lot of time, and I always, like, there's no way it's Homie. That guy's just mispronouncing me, but it's Homie. It sounds weird, right? Like, yeah. hey, Homie. Are You Mine um, was actually... One of the first songs I learned to play on guitar when I picked it back up in college. Ooh. That's a really fun song to play. I don't think I could do it now though. It's it's really fast. Are you mine? Let's see. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. Man, because I, I was confusing with do I want to know, which is slow, but ha- and has like it's like it seems like a really simple riff. And I guess like the best riffs are pretty simple, but it's oh my damn God. good. It this is, is taking me back to good. for "Do I Want to Know." One of the videos for this song was just like the white uh, line, yeah. and then as the music started, it would go like it would pick up like an EKG. Right. Yeah. yeah. And then which is kind of like the album cover. Yeah, and then it was a woman dancing in the line. Right. I totally remember that. It reminded me of like a James Bond. Yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. Like the intro. I was surprised by how quickly after Suck It and See that album came out, but looking through their discography what now, whatever what people say I am, that's what I'm not. Is two thousand six. Favorite worst nightmare is two thousand seven. Oh, Humbug wow. is two thousand nine. Suck It and See is two thousand eleven. AM is twenty thirteen. Oh. So they're all within that one to two year range. And the next one was five years later, and in yeah. my mind, I was like, "Oh, that AM just came out like a couple months ago, right?" That's because you're getting old. Damn. Um, oh, it's like Vampire Weekend too. When, <laughs> when we talked about that, it's like, "Oh, the new Vampire Weekend." I was like, "Dude, that came out five years ago." Yeah. Oh, an update on that is that um, not coming out. This Mitsubishi year. Macchiato is not going to come out this year. <laughs> yeah, it'll be 2019. They said. So I saw that, and I realized that Vampire Weekend fans think about it in the same way that. Uh, Song of Ice and Fire fans think of the Winds of Winter. <laughs> no, Which their, we their album will come out. Point. Their album we will come out. Definitely get there. I yeah. was reading a thing about George R. R. Martin today, and he was saying, <laughs> you know, why? the reason why it's taking so long is because every character storyline is basically their own novel. Which maybe, but you know, how is that different from freaking the last five books? <laughs> it's because now he doesn't care. He's already got that money. <laughs> He's got that HBO money. Yeah. Uh, the singles for AM, Are You Mine? The B-side of that is Electricity. Have you listened to that? No. Neither I have think I. at this point I, I for sure did not listen to it. Do I Want to Know? The B-side to that is 2013. I didn't even know they had a song called 2013. <laughs> what are we going to call this song? What year is it? 2013. 
That's the name of the song. <laughs> uh, why'd you only call me when you're high? The B-side is Stop the World, I Want to Get Off With You. Oh, I like that name. I like the name of it. I listened to that today. It's actually really good. Um, and then One for the Road, the B-side to that is You're So Dark. Ooh, so deep. <laughs> um, and then I think... They had he he's done in between LP four or sorry this is LP five we're talking about now, right LP five and LP six I think they did some uh, some of the Miles Kane stuff okay the shadow puppets yeah the last shadow puppets that's the name they did a, they, I think they did that beforehand too really or really uh, mainly Alex Turner um, the last shadow puppets is Alex Turner and Miles Kane. Mm-hmm. I don't know who that. Who is Miles Kane? One of the guys in the Rascals. Who is who is the Rascals? I don't know. I was hoping you would stop asking after that that level. Why? Um, Also in the Little Flames. Apparently, they just toured together a bunch, and Alex Turner and him became friends. Hey, how about this? He was born in Birkenhead, Wirral. Which is where that comes oh. from. Um, so one of their albums, <sighs> the Last Shadow Puppets have two albums. One of them uh, came out in 2008, but then their next one came out um, between AM and uh, Tranquility Base. Okay. And that's everything you've come to expect. And I remember listening to this, actually. Wow. And I remember not really digging it. I, I was never a huge fan of this group. I also barely gave it a chance, so yeah, that's not fair. I remember throwing this like into my playlists, a, a bunch of songs from this, trying to like it, and I think the only one that um, came close, actually, sorry, two. One of them I did really like, and you should absolutely listen to, Miracle Aligner. Mm-hmm. Miracle, okay, which is on the uh, uh, playlist. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was and... Weirl Rider. Yeah. But that's we're, the Weirl Rider song is an Arctic Monkey song. It's the B side. It says Miles Kane on the Death Ramps. Mm-hmm. But it's on. It's the B side to on, okay. on one of the Arctic Monkey singles. Um, Bad Habits <sighs> is the other one that is I think worth listening to. But other than that, I think this is one of those rare groups that I don't really care that much about, despite featuring some of the singers. Yeah. That I like. You like. Well, you know, sometimes singers just try. Sh- stuff out and like you know work the crappy stuff out of their stuff. I'd almost prefer him to do more solo stuff than more Last Shadow Puppet stuff yeah I feel like he could really do a lot as a solo artist and I yeah. at some point he's got it I think he will why do I mean this is random why do you think all these people do solo work like all the lead singers of these famous bands we were talking about Julian Casablancas earlier um I mean, Tom York from Radiohead, obviously. Yeah. Um, I think there's... Brendan Flowers. Brendan Flowers, some of his solo stuff is way better than he some of the... solo killer. stuff? Re- surprisingly really good. Well, because the Killers were the classic band that, like, started off great, and then just, like... second one was alright, and then it just got bad from there. Oh, really? I mean, we can talk about the Killers another day, but the first three albums were great, and I actually Ooh. really like their current album. Ooh. Wonderful, wonderful. Maybe I just like the killers more. Yeah. But I don't know. I think to answer your question, like, okay, I 
I don't know. I mean, sometimes... Sometimes I think it's like a different style than the, what the band would be into. Maybe sometimes, like... I don't know. Maybe sometimes a singer's, like, just works on everything on his or her own, and it's like, I'm just doing this on my own. Um, yeah. Like, yeah, it, it is weird, though, when, like, with, like, Palm York, right? Like, obviously, Radiohead is still going and probably will be going for, like, another 10 years at least. But he's released some pretty well-received um, music, but it, it is different, right? It's more yeah. electronic than yeah. Radiohead, I would well, But then Radiohead moved in an electronic direction, I think, after his yeah, solo but, stuff. No, for sure, but, like, I think it's even more, I think it's still more electronic. Yeah, he's like, coming out, Tom York is coming out, I think, with another solo album soon. I heard that, and I heard that it, I didn't listen to the single, but I think oh, is it already out? Excited, yeah. Oh, and he also did the soundtrack for Suspiria. We're getting into yes. Radiohead now, but let's let's yeah, well, come, jump that, back to Arctic well, Monkeys. That's like a man, yeah, Radiohead deserves their own that. episode for sure. There's you just mean a the lot. Talking head song or the band? <laughs> Both. I forgot either for a long time. All right. So we're on to, I think, the last, the current Arctic Monkeys album. Yeah. Tranquility Base Hotel and Casino. All right. Let me be totally honest with you here. Mm -hmm. I've listened to one song. Oh, no. What song? Four out of five. The one that comes on the radio. That's that's a really good song. So It is good. I actually really, really like this album. Seems good, right? Is it similar to the um, AM? No, not even a little bit. Really? Mm -hmm. a lot what more, is it like? There's a lot of piano on this album. Uh, um, the, it's a concept album. Really? Yeah, it's a concept album of a casino and lounge on the moon. Oh my god! And that's what Tranquility Base Hotel and Casino is. And oh god! In this story. The Arctic Monkeys are the lounge band of this Ooh. facility. So it sounds like lounge music. Weird. Really weird. It's really weird. It's def it's a completely different vibe from the rest of their work. It and says, I, you know what? I don't think... If this was not Arctic Monkeys, I'm being completely honest, I wouldn't have listened to this. Listen to but having listened to it how many times I have now since it came out, I like it. It just feels, feels like a completely different band. But, okay. You know that's how I, that's how um, you know you felt about Humbug when it came out. Totally. Yeah. Maybe For in sure. a year. That's kind of like. That's kind of like the one. I think that's one. I think that's how you can kind of like encapsulate this band. They just all you can always bet that they're going to come out with something totally different. You can never guess what it, like. What do you guess that they had to come out with a lounge music concept <laughs> no. album that? Uh, hotel on the moon. No, but like, you know, what years ago they didn't. They don't do this between every album. We said they did earlier, but you know, suck it and see to AM mm -hmm. was. I mean, it was faster, but it wasn't like a complete reinvention of their style. Hmm. What do you think? Yeah, I think you're right. And, and then this was who knows what they were doing in between those. I don't know, man. They had five years to to relax uh... and come up with this. Speaking of five years, it's a great transition. Uh, these are listed as the um, influences. Any of these hit for you? 
David Bowie. Mm-hmm. That's the five years. Serge Gainsbourg. Honestly, I don't know who that is. He's the French, uh, like, dude who just, like, things about sex and stuff like that. Smoke cigarettes all the time. Yeah, I don't Leonard know. Leonard Cohen. Um, I've listened to a lot less Leonard Cohen than you have. Nick Cave. Yeah, there you go. Red right end. Jarvis Cocker. I don't know who that is. I think he's the AI in uh, Iron Man's suit. <laughs> oh, no, sorry. Actually, he became... The AI was imbued with the power of the Mind Stone, and he became the Vision. Right. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's played, right. Played by Paul Bettany. I don't know who Paul Bettany is. He, he voiced, and I'm always kind of confused by the Vision. He voiced Jarvis in the early uh, Marvel movies. Oh, really? And then he plays the Vision now. I forgot that that's what happened. In my mind, whenever I say the Vision, I'm like, I totally forget who this red guy is. Yeah, and I don't even remember if he's red. I think he is, though. He's the Vision. He's going to be in... He's dating... Uh, Scarlet Witch. Yeah. They're they're making, for this new Disney streaming service that's coming out, they're making these Marvel miniseries. Oh, God. They're doing they're doing one with Loki. They're doing one with Scarlet Witch. And uh, okay. the Vision will probably be in that. And they're doing, like, a buddy thing with... Um, the Falcon and Winter Soldier. Oh, nice! So all the crappiest characters in the whole series. I am actually excited about <laughs> two of those. Yeah, which ones? Um, probably the last two: the Scarlet Witch Vision one and the uh, Falcon Winter Soldier one. I don't care about Loki yeah, anymore. He's done enough. Falcon is the guy who like flies around with the goggles and stuff. He's, yeah. Um, yeah, he's a pretty lame character. Sidekick of? They're both Captain America sidekicks. Oh yeah. Wow, that's going to be interesting. It's going to take all the money away from Netflix. The other influence is Father John Misty, as well as Pet Sounds. What you're saying, you're saying that Father John Misty influenced the Arctic Monkeys? Influenced, yeah. Or is he influenced by the Arctic Monkeys? No, they say that they were, in writing this album, they were influenced by Father John Misty. Oh, for Tranquility Base. For this one. Oh, okay. I can see that. Um, Father John Misty um, is definitely, you know, I see his future being a lounge singer, so. Yeah. He really, I liked him a lot, and then I got too much. Yeah. His bullshit got real caught up. Um, mm-hmm. Although I think there's people who really buy the bullshit a lot. Yeah. What was What was his band, Josh Tillman? Uh, well, he was briefly in Flea Foxes. That's what it was. But you know what? That's like, that's not really accurate because he, I mean, yeah, he was. He was the touring drummer. <laughs> he didn't like record with them or anything. He's the rare drummer that Tom hates. Yeah, that's right. I had no respect for that. <laughs> actually, I no, actually, I take that back because, um, when I saw him, the first time I saw him live, great live show. I think he's probably overdone it at this point, but when he first started, it was fantastic. He um, he came out and played drums for the opening band. Hmm, that's pretty cool. And I was actually. like, holy crap, I think that's Father John Misty playing drums. And then he came out and sang, and it was awesome. Um, but yeah, you should definitely listen to Tranquility Bass. Yeah, it's it's gonna it's a tough sell. I will fully okay. admit that. Um, but I think if you sit down, knowing that it's gonna be a lot of piano, um, knowing that it's a theme album, 
and knowing that it's nothing like any of their other work. Uh, this, this, this is uh, one thing that I read has like made me swear off it. What? Furthermore, the ideas present with, within the book Infinite Jest in Ian Foster Wallace <laughs> inspired Turner's philosophical exploration of the human condition in contemporary society. I mean, Man. sure, maybe. I haven't read Infinite Jest, but, you know. I don't know. That's, like, one of the hardest books to read, apparently. Those footnotes, I mean, the endnotes are, like, notorious. Well, we'll make a deal. I'll read Infinite Jest. <laughs> you listen to Tranquility Base. <laughs> you got a deal. Um, Tranquility Base will be better, I think. Yeah. There are some great songs on there. Four out of five, like you said, is great. Oh. Um, the Ultra Cheese might actually be my favorite song on the album. Mm-hmm. It's one of their very slow ones. I guess everything on this is probably pretty slow. The world's first ever monster truck front flip. That's the name. I'm not even lying. That's the name of the song. That's a good song. <laughs> so remind like, me again though like that has of, to do with like a hotel on the moon. Um, you know, because there's just less gravity on the moon. Yeah, there you go. That'll explain it. Um, Bat phone. <laughs> I knew what? you were gonna bring up that phone. Um, that is Batman's phone, right? Mm-hmm. Robin, give me the bat phone. Yeah, yeah. I like mean, the this old is just a regular Batman. phone. It just has a bat painted on it. It's the old school Batman. Um, Adam, the Adam West Batman. I think he had a bat phone. Oh god. Now Batman just has an angst phone. Is that what's cited as like the craziest thing? Where like everything's bat something? Yeah, that's like, the Adam. It's West a regular show. phone. That's why he had the uh, bat shark repellent. <laughs> that was the bat. That's a great movie. Um, what else? The shark Trick- was like biting his leg from the top of a helicopter, right? <laughs> <laughs> the shark repellent. Yeah, I think like- so. Um, Star Treatment and Tranquility Base Hotel and Casino. Also great songs. Okay, all right. I'll I, give this a listen. I don't know if a lot of the songs honestly have choruses in a traditional sense. Mm-hmm. Right. Except for four out of five. But they all just sort of, you know, build and go on their own directions, okay. I think. And, uh, okay. you know, it's worth it. This is totally... This is... This has nothing to do... But you Actually, the no choruses thing. Have you ever listened to the band The Unicorns? I've heard of them. I might have listened to them. Give me a song. Give it a shot. Um, I would say start with I Was Born a Unicorn. <laughs> It, there, there's no choruses like on the whole album, and they only came out with one album, which is called "Who Will Cut Our Who Will Cut Our Hair When We're Gone." Ooh, nice! In 2014? No, 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 no. Oh, that's I think that's what it says on Spotify, but like it came out probably in like 2002 or 2003. All right, I'll make you a deal. I'll listen to that album, but then I don't have to read Infinite Chest. Mm, okay. All right. I think with that. Um, oh, you know, sorry. One last thing I wanted to say is that Alex Turner completely changes his style with every album. Mm-hmm. And right now I think he has long hair and stuff, but on AM oh, really? he's very svelte and David Tennant-like. Well, before, I mean, he was like that at one point, but then, like, he became, like, he wore leather jackets and mm-hmm. everything on the last one. He's almost like a method actor, right? <laughs> yeah. Where he, like, creates, and he would, like, wear, I think he would, like, wear sunglasses in like all of his interviews and wow he became a total douchebag no, and it's just like happy. oh he's just a character he's just playing Bono <laughs> yeah that's why he always had those red tinted glasses and was always talking about Africa all the time 
All right. Is there anything else we want to say about the Arctic Monkeys for now? Um, I just hope they don't change their name. I think they no, should... they're not going to change their name at this point. Oh, okay. I um, I'm excited for whatever they do next because even if I don't immediately maybe. like it, I know it'll be worth checking out. Maybe it'll be maybe. classical music. Maybe. All waltzes. <laughs> um, you know, I wouldn't put it past them. I know, and they probably still sell a lot of records. Yeah, I'm. I'm not sure how the sales for this one were, because even um, if like a diehard fan like you isn't listening to this album, I'm sure a lot of casual fans were turned off by it. You think so? Yeah, that's... people who got into them for AM. Yeah, that's true. This is not anything like AM. That's true. See. How would you rank the albums? Oh, that's a good question. Um, hold on, let me pull up this list so I can feel more. Um. Huh. Okay, I'm probably gonna. I'm probably gonna totally change this once okay. I. In like a tomorrow, but I'm gonna <laughs> go with whatever people say. That's not what I'm not. It's number one. Mm-hmm. I'll go humbug number two. Really? Okay. Yeah. And then, I think I'm gonna go favorite worst name where. And then I don't know between maybe I think I'm gonna give the slight edge to suck it and see and then AM and then like, Wow, AM you know. is so close to the bottom for you? Yeah, I mean I like them all, but Yeah. How about you? And then you're saying tranquility base at the end because you haven't listened to it. Yeah. <laughs> Alright. I'm gonna go be number one, I don't know. I'm gonna go whatever people say AM, that's what I'm not for number one. Yep. I'm actually gonna go AM number two. I knew it. <laughs> How'd you know? a good choice i mean they're all i think they're all pretty yeah good uh then i'm gonna go favorite worst nightmare mm-hmm. then i'm actually gonna go suck it and see mm-hmm. then humbug and yes tranquility based hotel and casino is last but that doesn't mean it's a bad album it? it just okay. means compared to their other work i probably haven't spent enough time with it right now to like okay. I don't know to have emotions towards it. Yeah, that's fair. It's it's a, um, it's a good album. I'm sure it'll grow more on me. You were asking about how the album did. This is a phenomenal like what what I just saw. Every single one of their albums has debuted at number one in the UK. Every single one. They're big in the UK. They're um, huge in the UK. And um, so with AM, so in the US, it started off as 24. Not bad. Fairwords Nightmare was number seven, pretty good. Then Humbug, 15, Second C, 14. AM catapulted them to six. And Tranquility, Base Hotel, and Casino was actually number eight. Pretty hmm. respectable. Um, I'd, be, I'd be curious to see how it compares long term to their other albums. Well, if this is any indication, it's their best performing album in, album in Switzerland. <laughs> number one. Switzerland loves their lounge singers, I guess. Yeah. All right. I think that about wraps it up for our discussion of the Arctic Monkeys. I think we've answered the eternal question, you know, who the fuck are the Arctic Monkeys? As well as if one album <laughs> bred with another album, what would, which two albums would produce the greatest combination, the greatest offspring? Oh, I mean, that's, that's an easy answer. It's going to be 
whatever people say I am, that's what I'm not with AM. Oh, I, I kind of agree with that. I mean, I just went with my f top two choices and merged them together. <laughs> I just think they have the best synergy. Yeah, you're right. Well, we, we grouped all their albums, I think, into cohorts of two, you know. But Suck It and C and AM are not. So never mind. <laughs> yeah. They have the Upbeat albums, which are LP1, LP2, and AM. They have the Downbeat albums, which are Humbug and Suck It and C. And then they have the moon-based science fiction albums. <laughs> the classic grouping. I can't wait for the second moon-based science fiction album. <laughs> All right. Thanks for listening, guys. We will see you next time. This has we been... We will be discussing... We don't know yet. Maybe maybe Franz Ferdinand, maybe um, the paintings of Jim Carrey, which we will one yeah. day get to. I really want to do yeah. an episode on uh, various geologic eras. Oh, dude, I'm a huge fan of um, the... Uh, Mesozoic. No. <laughs> no, not that one. Uh. I don't know. All right. I was going to say Holocene, but that's what we're in now. and that's. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense that you would probably be the biggest fan of that era. Yeah, then the Boney Bear song, too. All right, well, this has been Serious Series of Utmost yeah. Importance to the Series. Thanks for listening. I'm Neil. And I'm Tom. We'll see you guys next time. Keep control of your monkeys.